0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned in to our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Good morning, everyone. I'm scared to preach this morning, because after that presence, I don't want to ruin it, man. I mean, God is doing some amazing things this morning, and I'm like, do I have to go up now, or can I just stay down there just worshiping? Isn't it amazing when you're having a time of worship and you, like, feel the presence of God that it becomes so real and so tangible, I want you to know that He is accessible to us. He is close to us. He is near to us. He, 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 he is closer than the person that might be sitting next to you right now. And, and a lot of times, you know, we, we wait for moments like this to, to be able to finally break through and encounter Him. But I want to let you know something. This, that you live here On Sunday mornings, you know that you can live it at home every day. You can live it as you seek him, as you you really, you, you go after him with all your heart. You know, it's important that you develop spiritual habits. And within those spiritual habits that you would make time to go after Jesus, that you would make time to seek the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment and just raise your hand right there where you're at. Holy Spirit, we thank you we know that you're in this place this morning and we just want to continue in the river of what you're doing in this place today we want to continue in the flow of what you're doing today Holy Spirit I thank you for each person that is in this room right now I thank you for each person that is watching through that camera right now and I pray Holy Spirit that you would lead us into greater encounters with you into greater moments in your presence that we would thirst and hunger to be with you lord and and to go deeper lord i believe that this year 2023 you're calling us to go deeper to go into a deeper relationship if we were used to going only to where the water was by our ankles this time you're calling us lord to go to where the water's by our knees lord and if we're used to Being where the water is by our knee, this time you're calling us, Lord, to go to where the water of the Spirit of the river of God is by our waist, Lord. This year, you're calling us to move forward, Lord, to take steps, my God. And I pray, my Lord, that we're going to be obedient to what you're calling us to do because we know that when we do that, we're going to encounter you, my Lord. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Have your way in our midst today. In Jesus' name. You know that, as I was praying, I was having the vision of when you're going into the beach, you know, and most of the time, you know, when you're going to the beach, it's gradual. You know, as you walk in deeper, the water starts to rise. Sometimes, immediately, you just walk and there's like a little drop-off, and all of a sudden, you took like six steps and the water's already by here, you know? If you're past your Max, the water's already by your neck, you know what I'm saying? I just had to throw that, bro, I saw you there. you know but sometimes the deeper you go the deeper you go you feel currents that are pulling you from underneath and you feel that it's hot on the top but you feel these cool currents in the bottom and there gets to the point that you could continue going further you can't stand anymore and all of a sudden what's happening you have to float or you have to swim I don't know who this word is for. It's this year and this day. But God is calling you to go out further to the point that you're going to lose control. And you might not like it. You might say, I don't reach here. You might be like on your tippy toes and you're about to drown. But the Lord says, don't worry, I got you. Don't worry, I'm big enough. I got you. I just need you to trust. I just need you to trust, but I'm calling you into the deeper waters in 2023. How many of you guys received that word today? Man, I received that challenge. I want to go into those deeper waters of the Spirit of God. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for a fantastic, let's put it, give it up for our worship team this morning. Thank you, guys. Just uh, real quick, as we dive into today's message, I want to make one quick announcement here. And it's for all the men that are in the house, all the gentlemen. All right, we're going to have our first Kingdom Men Gathering February 1st, all right? It's not this Wednesday coming up. It's the Wednesday after that. It's going to be at 7.30 p.m. So I want to encourage all the men that are here to make time for this first encounter that we're going to have together with the Lord in 2023. There's something important about those first, those first moments, those first encounters. So gentlemen, take out your phones, make sure that you put it on your agenda. It's going to be bilingual, the time that we're going to be sharing. So it's going to be February 1st at 7.30 p.m., our Kingdom Men Gathering, all right? Today we're going to continue with our series called Reset. Can you say with me, Reset? All right, we're in a series called Reset, and what are we talking about? We're talking about certain resets that we have to do in our life as we start this year, 2023. A lot of times, you know, we're acting or we're going in a certain way, and we're so used to going in that direction. You know, I know that, for example, when I walk into this room, we're coming here, you know, early in the morning to pray and I could just walk in here and go all the way to the sound booth and turn on the lights because I've been here for so many years, all right, that I think I know this place better than my house, you know. I could just walk in here, know where all the lights are, just turn everything. Why? Because I'm used to doing things a certain way, you know. I don't know if you're like me, I I have some habits. And my wife says, babe, some of those habits are not too good, you know? Any of you have some habits that you know that they're not too good, but you still do them? Come on, confess yourself, you're in church. I'm not the Pope, but confess yourself, all right? There's certain habits that we have that are not too good, but we do them anyway. And I have certain habits of how to do things when I'm going to the shower, when I'm going to get dressed, I hang my clothes, and first I take the shower and then I come out and I do everything in a certain pattern every day. I've been doing that probably since I was 14, 15. I put on the deodorant at the same time. I don't, I don't do something and then put on the deodorant. I don't put the perfume before something. I put the perfume at a certain moment. It's certain habits that we have. But you know what's the issue? Sometimes the habits that we've developed in our lives don't let God do what he wants to do in us because we're already used to doing it like that. Or is that we do things like this, or uh, family traditions, the Garcia's do it in this way. And the Lord says, I'm gonna have to hit reset on some things. There's some things that I need to change up. There's some things that are not allowing me to do what I want to do in your life. And I want to tell you something. God wants to do something in 2023 in your life that is not 2022, that is not 2021, that is not 2020. He wants to do something now in your life and he's gonna. he wants to hit a reset button, okay, in your life. But guess what? He can't do it unless you hit the reset button. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. The Bible talks about the importance of renewing our mind, renewing the way that we think, the way that we are, so that we could catch on to what God wants to do. And that's what we're talking about in this reset series. There's certain things that the Lord wants to reset. There's some things sometimes in our life that we want to reset. For example, I know that 2020 might have been a year that a lot of us would have want to hit reset on that button right there. You know, my birthday is coming up. It's January 26, and I remember 2020. All right, it's a, it's a it's it's not too funny, but it is crazy. All right, because. You know, I know that my wife and the team and everybody goes to this, you know, big thing every year to try to surprise me, you know, for my birthday. And this year, 2020 was like, you know, like every other year. They had prepared something, and it, and 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 they take me to lunch right after service, and everybody's there, and they're surprised, and and we're at Duffy's, all right, the Duffy's restaurant right over here on Kendall Drive, and there's TVs everywhere, all right. And, you know, I, I'm a big sports guy. I love sports. I mean, you could, you could put me to watch whatever sports, cricket, you know, and I'll, I'll sit down. I'm like, okay, who's winning and what's going on? And, you know, I'll get into it. And that day we're there about to order and, and we're talking. And my nephew walks in and he told me, do you know what just happened? And I'm like, no, no, no. What happened? He goes, Kobe just died. I'm like Kobe just died. I'm like, that's impossible. If Kobe would have died, that would be on every TV that is here in this room. right? And all of a sudden, every news station just starts to change in front of me. And in two minutes, every programming that they had there changed. And everything had to do with the helicopter crash and the mountain and the smoke and everything that was going on. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Like in an hour and a half, they were singing happy birthday to me. And I'm like, this is the worst birthday I've ever had. I'm like, can we just do a reset on 2020? You know, can we just reset today at least? Let's not talk about 2020. How about January 26th? Can we hit a reset on this day? And guys, let me tell you, from Kobe's death, you know, everything just went downhill on 2020. You know, by the time we came to March and everything was going on with COVID and we're locking up and everything like that, I had some people say, Pastor, can we just skip over this year? You know, it's like that kind of year. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? Can we just skip over that year? Well, reset, reset. There's certain things that we would like to reset and we can, but there's certain things that we could hit reset on. There's certain things in our life that we could hit reset reset on and last week for example I was talking about doing a reset in our prayer life because we're going to talk about you know priorities our first priority is what our relationship with God and we were talking about the importance of prayer and guys for you guys to understand this morning okay prayer is not this outdated habit you know of a few old ladies or few old men you know from long no 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 Prayer is our way of communicating and talking to God, you know. And I talked about the importance of doing a reset in our prayer life, and that's why every year here at NUMA, two times a year actually, but at the beginning of the year, we start with our 21 days of prayer, which, by the way, okay, today we are entering the final week of those 21 days of prayer and fasting, all right, And uh, I want to encourage you, man, yesterday morning, if you were not here yesterday morning, you missed it. It's one of those. Yesterday morning, my wife let the prayer time. And guys, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was in this room. We finished like around, usually we're very punctual with prayers, 9 to 10. Yesterday was about 10.08 and nobody wanted to leave. It was like God was here. Now, I want to tell you something. This week, we're going to be here praying at 6 a.m., All right. Noontime, we have, you know, social media is coming out next Saturday. If you can't make it at 6 a.m. here, that's fine. Next Saturday at 9 a.m. All right. Don't let them tell you about it. When God shows up, I don't want people telling, oh, God was there. Oh, God, this is a miracle. Oh, God, this is some healing. Oh, God, just move. No, no, no. I want to be there. I want to be part of what's going on. So next week, Okay, 9 a.m. on Saturday. All right, we're gonna be winding down those 21 days of prayer. And by the way, one of the things that we've been doing these, during these 21 days of prayer is that we've been praying for people that we have on our prayer target card. Why? Because next Sunday is gonna be Invite Sunday. I need everybody to take a look at me real quick. These are two times a year, all right, where everything that we prepare in this room is completely geared towards visits. Whose visit? Your visits the people that you've been praying for in those prayer cards. So I want to encourage you from this moment, from now, you are free to call those people, contact them. We've been praying for them for two weeks. All right, now I'm giving you the liberty. To go ahead and contact them. Invite them to next Sunday, hey guys. Next Sunday at 10, there's something special prepared for you at church or whether you're inviting them to the 12 o'clock service. And I'm going to pray that you do something. Please make sure that you're inviting somebody. Be here that day. Last time, you're not going to believe what happened. I had three guests come, and they're like, oh, the person that invited me couldn't make it today. They're not here. I'm like, oh, my Jesus. I'm like, all right, anyway, it's so good to have you here. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. But it's kind of weird when the person that is inviting you is not there, you know? So if you're bringing guests, make sure you bring them. They sit with you. You take them after the welcome lounge. It's going to be a beautiful day, all right? When is that? January 29th next Sunday. All right. Now, today, continuing, we're going to go into talking about resetting our relationships, resetting my relationships. All right. That's the title of today's message, resetting my relationships. And you know, that is kind of funny. But last Sunday, as I was speaking, I sort of went off on a tangent and I started speaking about the importance of the people that we surround ourselves with and everything. So this week when I was like, okay, what do you want to talk about Holy Spirit in this year? I felt like just continue with the relationship thing. Continue talking about relationships. Continue talking about the importance, you know, of those people that are around us, all right? Why? Because relationships are such a key part of our lives. The people that you surround yourself with. Those people that are your friends, those people that are your companions, those people that you spend so much time with. If you work in an office, all right, and you have a group of people, man, you're spending eight, nine hours with those people every day of the week. All right? The people that you choose to relate with your friends, the people that you call, the people that you text, the people that you go out to meetings with or to the movies and stuff like that, you know that that's so important for the purpose and the plan that God has for our life? The Bible is full of verses that'll talk about our relationships. And I wanna say it like this, okay? Show me your relationships and I'll show you your future. Show me your relationships and I'll show you your future because if you're surrounded with the right people, those people are gonna push you forward into great things that God has for you. But if the people that you got around you are not that great, you know what's gonna happen five years from now, you're gonna be in the same place that you're now or even worse. Anybody out there? Hello. So I want you to do this spiritual exercise real quick. And I want you to think about the top five relationships right now in your life. And if you're married, I'm not talking about your spouse. If you have kids, I'm not talking about your kids. All right, you could put those aside. Those are, after the Lord, the most important relationship. But I want you to think about five other relationships, other than your spouse and your kids, that are in your life right now. And I want you to think if those are positive relationships or negative relationships. I know some faces are popping up to your mind right now. And we're like, oh boy, <laughs> how did he get in there? You know, how did she get in there? Like, look, like I the phone, let's just swipe that one. You know, think about those five relationships. And are those relationships really helping you, all right, advance in God's purposes, or are they pulling you back? And you know why relationships are important? Because you and I were created for relationships. You and I were created to be in relationship with other people. We were not meant to live this life isolated. You know, the guy that thought that the world was going to end in 2020 and went over there to Montana and dug a hole, and you know, and he put everything in there. And he's like, I'm going to wait for the end of the world. We were not meant for that. We were made to be in what? In relationship. That's why during the whole COVID thing, one of the things I was completely against is when they were talking about social distancing. I understood the importance of physical distancing, but not social distancing. We need relationships. We need to be in relationship. That's fine if for a moment, I need to distance myself physically from somebody, but not socially. And that's why what blew up during COVID is Zoom. Had anybody used Zoom before COVID? You had used Zoom before COVID. You guys had used Zoom before. You had used Zoom. Well, you guys are blessed. You guys. Because Zoom really helped. You know, now you can do meetings, you know. You don't have to drive here or there and everything. But why did they create Zoom? Because things needed to happen relationally. Business needed to take place. And business takes place how? Relationally. So they, they, they took advantage of what? Of tools that were out there because relationships couldn't stop even in the midst of the pandemic. You guys understand what I'm telling you? So when the Bible talks about this, for example, in Genesis chapter two, for me, it's the foundational verse for this. And actually, you know, the Lord here, you know, he sees men, Genesis two, verse 18, and it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Let's just stop right there. Because then he'll talk about making him a suitable helper, which was who? Which was Eve. But the spiritual principle is what? It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. This is actually the first time in all the Bible that God says that something is not good. And what he recognizes that it's not good is for you to be alone. We need people. We need relationships. Tell the person next to you, I need you. Pastor Max, you don't have nobody next to, I need you, bro. All right, just, you're gonna talk to the TV or something like that. All right, tell the other person I need you. Oh, we need each other. We need each other. You just told each other twice that you need it. Marcela, you should have told one to Julie and one to the baby. You know, there's two people sitting next to you, even though you don't sit, but they're there. All right. Look at Psalm 133, verse one. Verse one, all right. And then... 3b say, listen to what Psalm 133 verse 1 and then 3 and then the last part of verse 3. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. What does the Bible say is wonderful and pleasant when we live together and what in harmony? Well, that's the key word right there in that verse right there, you know, because living in harmony, that's another two sets. you know. But it says, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. What does God command? He commands blessing when you're walking together with people. God blesses relationships. God loves relationships. Now, why are relationships so difficult? (laughs) Relationships are difficult because we are difficult. Look at the person next to you, how difficult they look. Julie... You guys, back <laughs> that's your wife, my brother. Don't even look at her right now. Just look the other way. Relationships are difficult because we are difficult as people. Okay? Sometimes you don't even understand yourself. Sometimes you don't understand you, yourself, and then you're wanting somebody else to understand you. You understand what I'm saying? Why? We're broken people. We're sinful people. There's things that are not all that good with us. And a lot of times we take all these things that we are. Because you can separate, okay, yourself from experiences that you've lived, from disappointments that you live, from situations you live. So when you want to relate with somebody, you bring all that in. That's why when I talk to single people, all right, where are my single people at? Any single people up here? Come on. All right, when I talk to the single people, I tell them, please don't get in a relationship with somebody just because you're lonely. You know, don't sing the song, lonely, I'm so lonely. You know, and you get with somebody because you're lonely. You know what's going to happen if you get with somebody because you're lonely? Are you going to end up even more lonely after that? You're going to be more broken after that. Why? Because you're on a low point. You're trying to use that person to fill a void in your heart. That person's more messed up than you. This is my key for for single people. Go after God with all your heart and make sure that your cup is full so that when you get in a relationship, you're not trying to see what you subtract from that person, but you see what you need to add on to that person. But you're in a good place. You're in a good place. So today I want to talk to you guys about four important relationships that we all need to have in our lives. Four vital relationships that we all need to have in our lives. When we talk about relationship, these are the four vital relationships that we all need as believers in our life. Number one, all right? Number one, relationship with mentors. Relationship with mentors. What does that mean, pastor? Relationship with people that will speak into your life, okay? That are in a position of authority. It could be a leader. It could be a pastor. It could be somebody that you admire in business or in, in your work or whatever that you can learn from. I wanna say it like this. If you're the smartest person, every time that you walk into a room, there's an issue. You need to walk into a room with people that are smarter than you. You need to walk into a room with people that are wiser than you. And that when you walk into that room, you're like, man, I'm gonna be all ears. I need to catch what these people are saying. I need to hear these type of conversations. Man, I have great mentors in my life. And I was thinking of each of them as I was preparing this message. For example, I was thinking of Pastor Larry Stocks, one of my pastors, one of my mentors. And I was like, what a great example of what having a relationship with God is all about. What a great example to emulate his relationship with God. For 30 something years, this guy every day, rain or shine, he gets up in the morning and does his prayer walks at 5.30 in the morning. And every time I would go over there to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, And we were staying at this little, you know, retreat place called the Timothy Center. One day I got so scared because I saw a shadow. I I woke up to pray in the morning. I'm like, man, I'm going to do my prayer walk. And I get up, I start doing my prayer walk. And all of a sudden I see this dark, tall shadow coming in my direction with a dog. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, a dog at 530 in the morning when they can see you, that's not good news. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like that dog's going to come at me. And all of a sudden as it got closer and closer and closer, It was my pastor, Pastor Larry. He already had been up for about 30 minutes doing a prayer walk. And I was like, what are you doing? He was come join me. He just started walking, praying in tongues. Didn't say a word to me after that. Didn't speak to me one word after that. He just says, come join me. And just started walking, praying in tongues, just speaking to the Lord, singing psalms as he would go. And I was like, whoa. And then one of my other pastors, Pastor Marco Barrientos, amazing worshiper. Talk about having the heart of a worshiper. One day I was taking him to the airport, you're not going to believe this, at 4.30 in the morning. And we're taking him to at 4.30 in the morning. He goes, Chris, let's pray in the car. He starts praying and singing to the Lord and making a cantico nuevo. I almost recorded it and released it before time, you know, to make some money, you know, because every time he releases a CD, it's like very good and stuff like that. I'm like, can you say that again so I could, you know, let's play on on my recorder, but I didn't do it. He was just singing to the Lord. I'm like, this is Marco Barriento doing a Cantico Nuevo next to me, you know, in my car. At that time, it was a central. I was like, oh, Jesus. Pastor Larry, his relationship with God. Pastor Marco, the way that he worships the Lord. Then I have Pastor Kirk in my life. And we're going to talk about leadership. I have never seen a better leader. The first time that I met Pastor Kirk, I told my wife, babe, I met a man's man. And when she goes to me, what does that mean? I'm like, bro, this is a man that talks and everybody else just falls in line. The other day I was at his house, all right? He has like a gun collection, 47 guns. Goes to Alaska, hunts bear. And maybe you're not into hunting and all that. That's not what I want to talk to you about. But I want to talk to you guys about his leadership skill. You could put that guy in whatever crisis around the world And in two hours, he has teams running, people doing things, and the crisis is getting resolved. And when I see that, I'm like, bro, I am sharpened. And then this week, I was around another one of my mentors, Robert Miller, an amazing man when it comes to finances. And we're, myself, five other people, and Robert there in a table on Friday in Fort Lauderdale, and we're talking different opportunities and things that are coming up. And this man, all of a sudden, he just started to talk. And I was like, there was just silence in that table. And everybody in that table were brilliant people. But when this man started to talk, everybody just shut down. You had people like taking out notepads and taking notes. Do you have people like that around you? Mentors that will speak into your life. When you look at the Bible, you see this in different moments. You see Elijah with Elisha. And Elijah was mentoring Elisha. You see Jesus with his disciples. And what did Jesus do? From all the 12 disciples he had, there was three that he would pick and say, come on, guys, we're going for something deeper. Come on, we're going to go to the top of the mountain. Come on, guys, we're going to go heal this person. And those guys, you know, they were walking in that mentorship relation. You imagine having Jesus as your mentor? That talk about something crazy? That's amazing. You need to have mentors in your life. You need to have people that believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. I am here because I had mentors that believed in me when I didn't believe in me. You need people in your life that will bring out the treasures that are inside of you. You know that there's treasures inside of you? You know that? There's treasures inside of you. And the Bible says that the wise know how to bring out those treasures that are inside of you. And all of a sudden, you'll see yourself doing things and you're like, what happened? And you are sharpened when you're with those people. So what do you need? Number one, key relationship in your life. What is it? You need what? You need mentor, relationship with mentors. Number two, Write this down. You need relationship with brothers and sisters. People that are, you know, at your same level. People that are walking, all right, after God. These are friends. These are peers. These are people that are living similar seasons in life. You know, have you ever seen like, you know, somebody that gives birth and then they have, you know, like a mother's group. And everybody in that group, they just gave birth two or three months ago and they're talking about the same thing. My wife loves that. My wife, when it comes to talking to, you know, ladies that are going to give birth, she, man, I usually write a book I told her about that. She just comes alive, you know, when it has to do with moms and kids and everything. Why? Because she enjoyed that season. Well, you need peers in your life, people that might be living similar situations, people that you can bounce ideas off of. Hey, look, I've been thinking about this. What do you think? And people that you won't be offended if they tell you something that you don't like to hear. You see, for example, when I think about these type of brother and sister relations, I think about Paul and Barnabas. You know, you need a Paul and Barnabas relationship in the church nowadays. You need people that will not be, you know, that, that, that will not be, how I said, threatened by another person, but that will lift up the other person and encourage one another. Like Paul and Barnabas. I imagine those two, are like, hey, listen, I was thinking of going here. I was thinking of starting a church over there. I was thinking about this person, and they would just sharpen each other as they would walk. Who are those brothers and sisters in your life that you can count on when you're down? You know what? I'm going to call this person, and this person's going to be there with me in the midst. Do you have those people? You need them. Coming here on Sundays is not going to just fulfill that area. You need to be in small group relationship with people. Amen, they're saying back there. I love it when they talk in tongues and they're saying amen. (laughs) Proverbs 27, verse 17. Edgar, is that you that you have a preacher back there, man? That's your preacher? (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's the one in front. Amen. i excited when the pastor is speaking. All right. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Look what it says. It says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. What does it say? Iron sharpens iron. Okay. Have you ever tried to cut a good piece of meat with a dull knife? Isn't it the worst? I hate going to eat meat, and they give me like a butter knife. Had that ever happened to you? I'm like, no, no, give me a real knife. When I'm going to go eat meat, I want one of those knives that if I pass it by my finger, I might lose half of it, and it might be part of the plate. You know, that's the type of knife that I need when I'm going to eat meat. Well, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You know why that knife is so sharp? Because at one point, man, there was iron that was rubbing and sharpening it. To so the point that it got like that, we need people that will sharpen us. We need friends that will sharpen us. We need friends that will challenge our ideas and say, why are you thinking this? Why why, why do you want to start that business? Come on, give me three ways why you think this business is going to work. Tell me three ideas why you think this won't work. And you won't feel threatened and say, listen, bro, this is not going to work because of this, because of this, because of... All right, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know? Sometimes I'm out there eating. I'll have like a lot of lunch appointments and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm eating and my wife is sitting next to me and she'll go like this to me. I'm like, what is she telling me? At the beginning, I had no idea what she was telling me. Now when she goes like that, I know that I probably have like something black here stuck between my two. Has that ever happened to you? You go to the bathroom in a restaurant and all the time you've been talking and you have something here. And you're like, why didn't somebody tell me that? I look like a fool in that conversation. So my wife loves me so much, you know, that she's developed mechanisms. Yeah, all the wives and husbands know what those are, the kick under the table. You guys know about the kick under the table, you know, or the tap of the, of the elbow. But now when I have something there, she's like. And I'm like, Does something happen to her tongue? It got stuck in her mouth, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh, excuse me, let me go to the bathroom. And sure enough, there's something stuck right there. Well, we need people that are those good friends that say, hey PC, you got something there. You got something in your life. You got something in your soul. There's lack of forgiveness. There's hurt, there's pain, there's fear. You need to take that out. You need those people in your life. I always think about having two or three people like that in your life. You know? And you know those are people that you might not see them in a while, and the moment that you see them is like not a minute pass by. You know those kind of people? The other day, you know, one of those friends of mine just wrote me. I hadn't talked to him probably since February, and he hits me up with a text in November. Those are the kind of people that you start a conversation and you'll talk to them like three hours, and it's like it seemed like five minutes because there's such a connection there. Those are the people that you need. Those are those Paul and Barnabas relationships that that we all need. Number three, the third type of relationship we all need in our lives, okay, is relationship with disciples or people that we're mentoring. We need relationship with disciples or people that we are mentoring. Not only should you be mentored, but you need to be mentoring others. If you're a father, the most important person you need to be mentoring is your child. It's your son. It's your daughter. You see, I wish my dad would have done with this with me a little bit more intentional when it comes to the work that he used to do. My dad worked in construction. Since he was like probably like 11, 12 years old, he started in Cuba. My dad quit school at eighth grade. He didn't want to continue school and started working with my grandfather. My grandfather was a builder in Cuba. So my dad would do all types of construction work from building a house to putting floors to doing whatever needed to be done. But you know what my dad did? He goes, I work hard so that you don't have to. I work hard so that I make money so I could send you to school, so that you don't have to have this kind of life. So he didn't even show me how to put a nail on the wall. So now, when I need a nail on the wall put in my house, I have to call my father-in-law that is sitting back there somewhere. When I need something fixed, I got to call my father-in-law. I got to call people. I got to pay for people because I never learned it when my dad was an expert in all that kind of stuff, but he didn't want me to learn it because it was going to be trouble for me. I want to tell you something. If you have a child, make sure you teach him what you do and that you teach him to do it well because the day is going to come where you're not going to be there. My wife was smart with my dad in that. Because my dad would make un rabo encendido that was amazing. And my dad, before he got sick, my wife one day was like, Raul, can you please teach me how you make that? And she got there next to him with her phone and started taking note of everything that he was cooking, what he was preparing. And the rabo encendido that my wife makes now, I'm fasting and I'm just thinking about that right now as I'm speaking to you. Because she took time to learn something from him before he went. Till this day, I'm like, boy, I miss my dad's lechon in Christmas. Why didn't I take 10 minutes just to say, okay, how do you do this? You know, I was just busy and he was doing his thing. And you gotta mentor people. You gotta mentor people. Older men that are in this room you need to get somebody that is 20, 15 years younger than you and just put your arm around you the same way that Elijah did with Elisha and threw his cloak over him. You know what? I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to teach you how to do life. I'm going to teach you how to avoid the pitfalls. I'm going to teach you how to have a bank account. I'm going to teach you not to get into bad debt. I'm going to show you, what, you know, what to do in this situation and that situation. We need people like that in our life, and we need to be doing that with other people. We need to mentor people, ladies that are here, older ladies. I see some older ladies here, you know. We have a young generation that sometimes needs to learn so many things from you. You add so much value. And a lot of times we don't know what to do. We're like, oh, it's not going to be important what I have to say. Yes, it is, because if not, it's not going to be passed down, and it's going to be cut off. You know, my mom is 88. She turned 88 this week. My mom is 88 and she lives with us. My mom has never taken care of herself one day in her life. You know, the doctor says, don't eat this, don't eat that. It's like if she had a listen, she would do the opposite of what the doctor says. You can't eat sugar. She'll get a cup of milk and put three sugar spoons into it. I'm like, what? Been doing that all her life, 88 years old. And the doctor went this week to talk to her. The doctor goes to her house. You know what the doctor said? Está intacta, parece una niña de 15 años. She looks like she was 15 like, I wish I would got that diagnosis when I'm 88, doing whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? But my mom, you sit down with her, and her mind is so brilliant at 88, she has not not lost a beat. And she'll start telling you stories of when she was a little girl, and seven, and ten, and in Cuba, and the things my grandfather and her grandfather used to do, and this and that. And I'm like, the time's going to come when that's not going to be there anymore. And I tell my kids, go and ask her questions. What do I ask? Just ask her a question. You know, just ask her anything. Why? Because we need to learn from that previous generation. And those that are here at a position are ready to give, you need to be giving to that next generation. One of my greatest passions in life is to pour into the next generation. You see, I came up within the church as a youth pastor. And as a youth pastor, you know, there's something that once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. Right, Pastor Max? Always looking for young people, how to pour into them. So now I'm like, okay, there's not too many points of connection anymore. So you know what you do? Okay, let me get some sneakers. Let me, you know, get into those conversations with them, with my kids. I'll sit down and play video games. Now I'm, Marta's wearing those sneakers too. I know you're trying to have them conversation with them young people, man. Last night I was teaching my daughter Bella how to play FIFA. Because we all start playing FIFA and usually she shies off to the side because she doesn't know. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna teach you how to play this. You guys, you guys can come up. Yeah, I'm gonna teach you how to play it. I'm gonna teach you to play good. So we were there for like about an hour. We played like three games, and we're there. She's like, Daddy, I'm having so much fun and we're laughing, this and that. And I start asking her questions. So, who are the people that you're talking to when you're there on the iPad? Well, I'm talking to this, this, and what are you talking about? Oh, go and what are you talking about? You see, every moment. Some of the students now that are here are like, hmm, when my dad tries to do that, now I know what he's trying to do. Because we need to mentor. And if you've been walking with the Lord for some time, you need to be mentoring somebody. You need to have two or three young people with you, teaching them. Pastor, why are you talking about all these relationship things? Because a lot of times we get an F on this. This is one of those areas that we fail a lot of times. And you know what we do? We close ourselves off because somebody hurt me. Somebody said something to me. Somebody did this to me and we just close ourselves off. No. We need relationships in our life. Today, we're doing our small groups fair here at NUMA. What does that mean, Pastor, that next week our small groups start? Pastor, all this was prepared to talk about small groups indeed. Indeed because you need good, healthy, strong relationships in your life. And tonight, when we finish the service, you're gonna go out there and out there, you're gonna see that there's tents and tables set up. And right there, when you go out there, you're gonna see that there's lists, like the list that I have here. There's a bunch of small groups that are starting this following week and they're gonna go on for 13 weeks. For 13 weeks, you could be learning about any of the different topics that we're gonna have here. We got activities, we have Bible study, we have groups for families, groups on finances, all types of groups, why? Because we wanna put you in relationships. We wanna make sure that you're in relationship with somebody. You need it, church. The days that we're living are not those days that we gotta be alone. We need to be surrounded with people. When we look at everybody dealing with anxiety, with fear, when I look at all these suicide rates that have gone up like crazy, I'm like, who did they talk to? Who knew about it? Who did they vent with? Or were they alone? So we need to end that here. So I wanna encourage, go out there, sign up for a group, find one that's suitable to you. We have all different types of group in this moment. All right, adult groups. We have groups for our young people. By the way, if you're a parent, our youth, they meet in groups on Fridays. If you're a youth between 13 and 18, our small groups for our young people are on Fridays except once a month that we have our big G2G night, which is usually the second Friday of the month. So if you have a son or daughter that falls between 13 and 18, you sign them up for one of those youth small groups today. You go out there and say, like, hey, I want to find out about these groups. I want my kid to be in a group. I want to tell it to you like this. Your kids are already in a group. The question is if they're around the right group. They're going to group up. I grouped up. My kids group up. We need to make sure they're in the right group. All right? I have Oscar and Lizzie sitting back there with a big smile. Oscar and Lizzie are wearing green shirts to make sure that you guys see them after the service. And Oscar and Lizzie are gonna be leading a small group for those young adults between 19 and 25. So if you're here today between 19 and 25, They're going to be out there, and they're going to have the information about their group. You go and find out about that, all right? It's going to be powerful, all right? And then we have Natalia's group, which Natalia usually comes to the service, but she might be out there. Natalia, a beautiful young lady from our church, she has a group that is for ladies that have gone through abortions, okay? This is a healing group, okay? This is a freedom group. Because a lot of times, there's ladies that might come in here that went through an abortion 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and that scar is still inside of you. There's issues that you never dealt with. So she has that group as as a private group. But if you want to find out more, you go out there and it's like, I want to talk to Natalia today. I want to find out about her group. I want to sign up for that group because I think it's an important one. So how many relationships have I talked to you about today? I've spoken to you about three, but at the beginning, I said that there were gonna be how many? Four. Sylvia, so you're taking notes, right? Like he's missing one. And I'm not closing the iPad until he gets the last one. That's exactly how I am. The last and most important relationship of all. Relationship with the Holy Spirit. Relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I wanna read John 14, verse 16 through 18 as I close this morning. And this is the Lord Jesus talking, John 14, verse 16 through 18. And it says this, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So here Jesus is talking about who? Who was with them but was going to be in them? The Holy Spirit. The reason that he was with them and not in them is because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. So because he hadn't died on the cross, sins had not been paid for, so the Holy Spirit couldn't live inside of us. But let me tell you, that's not the truth for you and I anymore. Now you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you if you're a son or daughter of God, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What does that mean, pastor? That you are never alone. You have God himself, not outside, You don't have to call him the big man upstairs. No, he's not upstairs. He's in here. He's living in here. And he wants to have a relationship with you. And you're like, pastor, that's like kind of weird. I don't know. Is the Holy Spirit like a watered down version of God? No, he's not. He is God almighty, God all powerful. This morning I was walking outside to take my kids to children's church next door. And there was this wind that was blowing right in the lobby. And it knocked down all those little welcome signs that we have when you guys come in. And I told Alexander, I'm like, you better put something there because these things are falling. And it was the wind that was blowing. I can't see the wind, but I can feel its effects. I can see what it does. How many of you guys have seen a hurricane? Have you never seen a hurricane? How many of you guys have lived through a hurricane? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have seen the effects of the aftermath of the hurricane? Raise your hand. Oh, it's real. Just because you don't see it, don't mean that it's not real. That's the same way the Holy Spirit is. He'll come into your life. He'll change your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. Paul's closing his letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. He says, May the love of the Father, may the Lordship of the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. All he needed to say was always, and it would have sounded like Star Wars. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And I want to ask you this morning as I close, Have you given the Holy Spirit permission to be your friend? He's such a gentleman that he won't barge in. The wind has all the power to destroy. You guys have seen a hurricane and it's destroyed, but the Holy Spirit is kind. And if you give him permission to be your friend, let me tell you, he'll be a friend that will never disappoint. And you can talk to him like I'm talking to you now. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at four important relationships. Mentors, brothers and sisters, people that you're mentoring, like a Paul and Timothy relationship, and then relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you this morning, if for a moment, you can evaluate your relationships right now. And I want you to think, do I have mentors in my life that are speaking life into me? Do I have peers? brothers and sisters in my life that love me and be straight shooters and that they walk with me am I mentoring somebody in this season of my life I want you to evaluate that and then I want you to think how's my relationship with the Holy Spirit right now just take a moment right there let us become Raise your hands like if you were going to receive a gift this morning. Jesus said that we would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, like I said a moment ago, He's with you already. But sometimes we need a fresh touch that comes from Him. So Holy Spirit, right now I want to pray over everybody that is in this room. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be our most important relationship in 2023. That in 2023, Lord, we make it an item to be close to you, to walk with you, to to listen to you, to, to make time to hear what you have to say. As we read the Bible, as we have times of prayer. Make yourself more and more evident in our lives. Make yourself more and more real in our life. Today, if you're here and you wanna have a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, just tell them, Holy Spirit, I wanna know you more. Just tell them right there where you're at, Holy Spirit, I wanna know you more. I wanna be closer to you this year. Just tell them, Holy Spirit, I wanna be your best friend. I want to know you as a best friend. Guide me into all truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would remove all preconceived idea and notion of what we've picked up as Christians, of who we think you are, or maybe the incorrect way that you were misrepresented. Holy Spirit, we want to know you as you are and that you would introduce yourself to us as you are teach us your ways teach us your ways holy spirit and right there with your eyes closed and head bowed if there's anybody in this room or watching through that camera today that you've never invited jesus christ to be your lord and savior today i want to give you that opportunity The Bible says that when you make this decision, you become a son or daughter of God and your sins are forgiven. So today, if you wanna invite Christ into your life, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. And that prayer goes something like this. Just repeat with me if you wanna make this decision. You're gonna say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. From this moment on, I declare that I am forgiven and that I am a son or daughter of God, ready to receive all the wonderful privileges that you have for me as your child. Father, I love you, and I ask that you would do something amazing in my life. In Jesus' mighty name, and we all say, Amen thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.